Welcome to the Bloom Podcast for the healers and feelers of the world who struggle with stress, anxiety, perfectionism, and self-doubt. We work with women like you every day and have found some key truths to help you feel more confident, worthy, and graceful so you too can keep changing your world like the healer and feeler you are. Hello there, it's Sharla. I'm so excited to just chat with you today. I'm actually sitting in my truck waiting for my acupuncture appointment and there's been some questions that have been on my mind that just are not leaving. So generally when that happens, I really dig deep and start to look at why are these questions here? Who are they for? What is the purpose of them? And I kept coming back to you guys. So enjoy this little conversation that I want to have with you today and enjoy the reflection afterwards if you feel prompted to do so. I have three questions for you. Number one, are you feeling any pain right now? Number two, what would you love to see different in your life and what would that look like? And number three, what is one small thing that you can do today to work towards that hope. Now, what I want to do is go a little bit further into these because on the outset, they look like just standard questions that we ask ourselves on a regular basis, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into them. So with the first question, it was, are you feeling any pain right now? It's really important that we check in with ourselves, but also not just our brains, but our bodies as well. Our bodies um, store pain, they store trauma, they store emotions, and our bodies are going to intuitively and and, and almost subconsciously know that something is off way before our mind does. This has been studied and it shows it time and time again. Your body keeps the score. There's actually a book um, by... Um, last name is Vanderkolk, and and it talks about how the body keeps the score of the memories, of the traumas, of the pains. So, you know, check in with your body. How does your body feel right now? What do you feel and where do you feel it? Name it. Label it. Give it a name. Notice it, right? And then externalize it. The body is feeling this way, right? The thought is telling me this. Okay, so to kind of give you an example, um, my body has been feeling very tense and very tight over these last few weeks. I fell down the stairs a couple weeks ago and my tailbone has been quite sore. And in seeing my chiropractor, she was talking to me about what our bodies do after we're 30 when we don't bounce back from injuries like we used to. And she was telling me that even though I fell on my tailbone, my entire body had this tensed response. And, and she was telling me that it's, she's recommended me to go for a massage, to go for acupuncture, and to take care and to do some body work. Because my body felt what she called trauma. There was blunt trauma that was applied to my body because I felt, it was an epic fall, you guys. It was so graceful. <laughs> so my husband was so concerned. You know, um, to lighten things up a little bit, I saw a meme the other day. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're in your 30s. When when you fall down, people don't laugh anymore, but they get concerned. <laughs> I think I'm in that category now. 
Anyway, so check in with your body. Are you feeling any pain? You feeling any tenseness? Right? Where do you feel it? And what, what is the sensation like? So for me with my tailbone, my tailbone feels very, very sore, but my hips feel very tight. My legs feel tight. And my back, you guys, whoo, my back is super tight. I can barely like push in on my shoulder blades. Um, just kind of on my tra- uh, trapezius muscles by my, by my neck there. I, I can't even push them in. Okay. And then I might, I've been having the thoughts that have been saying, shit, Sharla, you have got so much on the go. You can't possibly do this. So do you think those might be connected? I think so. Here's the thing. Even though my body had a, had a, blunt fall. I've also been having these thoughts. And what I do know about our bodies is that our bodies will store these things. So I'm still going to, it's almost like I'm feeling it exponentially more, right? If I think back to before the fall, my shoulders were still doing that. My hips were still quite tight. I still had this furrowed brow everywhere that I went, almost like I was looking concerned for most of the day. And, you know, so that is kind of when we when we talk about, you know, feeling pain, it's important to think about what you feel in your body. Right? You can also, you know, look at it from the mental aspect of it. Is your mind in turmoil? Do you feel pain in your in, in your thoughts? What are the, your thoughts are what are they sounding like about yourself, about others, the state of the world? There's a lot of pain that people are experiencing with the state of the world right now. And how is that manifesting in your life? Okay. So when we look at that next question, what would you love to see different in your life? And what would that look like? Just take a moment and just think about that for a second. What would you love to see different in your life? And what would that look like? Okay. And ask yourself this as we expand this section. Are you setting an impossible goal for yourself? Think about that. Now, the women that I work with tend to have some more perfectionist fantasies than the average nugget. Okay? Which means that when they set a goal, those goals are super ambitious. Okay? I used to be that same way. I'm going to do my master's degree, be a full-time parent, work full-time, and woohoo, I can do that. Yes, that was an impossible goal. I realized that afterwards, very shortly afterwards, okay? Um, but we, when we look at these impossible goals, I like what, um, what Emily and Amelia Nagoski, they're the authors of Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. I like what they say about it. They They talk about redefining winning and failing in the in the context of an impossible goal right because what they what they say here is that frustration happens when our progress towards our goal ends up becoming way more effortful than we expect it to be i know when i started a business it was way bigger than i thought I did my research, but I still wasn't prepared. And I can't say I've met other entrepreneurs that were like, yeah, I was walking the park. <laughs> right. And I got really, really frustrated. Almost threw in the towel a couple times. Um, now, 
what they talk in here about is managing the frustration of those ambitious goals, right? So that's kind of what I did when it, when it came to the business. I had to use very, very planful and strategic problem solving. I had to turn every stressor into something positive, right? Oh, the amount of time I'm sacrificing and the amount of money I'm investing, that is important. It takes money to make money. If I'm having a scarcity mindset, I challenge that scarcity mindset with abundance. Okay. Um, so the, the authors continue to kind of talk about that when we're struggling, we may reach a point of oscillating between frustrated rage, if you've been there, because I have, <laughs> and helpless despair. I think we've been there too. So they talk about this as the solution. Choose the right time to give up. It might be now or it might be never, right? When it came to my business, the answer was never. I am not giving up on this, right? Either way, what ends up happening is the impossible goal is at first so unattainable that we can't do anything but be either in that frustrated rage or that hopeless despair. So when we begin to choose of like, when am I going to give up with this? When's What's my marker? What's my end point? That's what puts us back in the driver's seat. It stops the uncertainty from taking over and causing the anxiety to expand in such a way that we can't manage it anymore. What it does is it takes us from the future and the past and puts us in the present. What am I planning to do right now? Do I give up now? Right. You know, when I was in my master's degree, there was um, a summer course that I was taking part of. I really wanted to do it. I really, really did. And yet two weeks in, I hadn't even opened up the course and I had to ask myself, do I have the capacity for this right now? Sure, I might want to, but I want to do a lot of things. And I had to ask and I had to really, really look at myself and say, hey, am I doing this because of a timeline because I want to? Or because I'm passionate about it, what's what am I doing it for? So then I started to look at what was the impossible goal I was setting for myself. And it was work was crazy. My partner was out of town. My kids were having some challenges. And it just wasn't going to work. And so I, I decided to give up on that course and to withdraw. And was my life worse for it? No. <laughs> right? I took the same course, I think, six months later. <laughs> right? But it, I think we often have this um, this concept, this perception, and this story that we tell ourselves about quitting. Is that oh, if you're a quitter, you're a loser, right? Is that true? What if we quit at things because we needed to, in order to save our minds? You know, and I think um, Sherry might talk about this on a, in another podcast. But she had to make some really really difficult choices when it came to her nursing career of what department to work at, where to work, right? The impossibility of having to make those decisions when it was something that she was so passionate about. Those are really tough, but I, I'll let her go into those ones, right? So when we look at taking back control over those impossible goals that we set ourselves. And here's the thing, an impossible goal is something that we set for ourselves that's very ambitious, that looks good on paper, but it really has a flavor of a perfectionist fantasy. Life would be perfect if. And I think if we expand that just a little bit more, we start to hear the story that sounds like, I'll be okay when this happens. Or 
I'll finally like my, this is what I hear a lot in the counseling room. I'll finally like and accept myself when I've lost 50 pounds. Here's the hard truth. No, you won't. You'll feel good for a couple weeks and then you'll be back to feeling what you were feeling to begin with because everywhere you go, there you are. And that doesn't change depending on your circumstances. Okay. It ends up just validating what you already feel about yourself, right? That one's a tough one. Chew on it for a little bit. It's not going to be a popular one. (laughs) That's okay. All right. So when you start to make the choices, when uncertainty or burnout starts to show up in your life regarding the goals that you've set for yourself, you can put yourself right back into that driver's seat by saying, do I quit? Do I give up? When, when, when do I do that? How would I know I want to give up? How would I know I want to quit? Because here's the thing, your brain, and and this is what the the authors go into more in this book, is your brain has a built-in mechanism to know when it's time to quit. Okay? But the cool thing is, maybe not cool for some people, (laughs) is that it's often a very still, quiet voice. But I like what they say. They definitely know their audience. (laughs) They say, or do a worksheet sometimes that's easier. (laughs) So in their book, they actually have a worksheet on the next page that explores it a little bit, where it looks at what is the actual, what is the goal? What is the frustrating goal? They change the language there, which is really cool. Moving from the impossible goal to now the frustrating goal. So what, if you have a goal that you set for yourself, what would you love to be different about yourself? Think about it. Is it frustrating to you? Does it feel impossible? What is it? What, it, what about it feels maybe unattainable right now? Do you feel any ambivalence? Where you're like, yeah, it would be nice if it happened, but eh, I don't know. Right? Was it someone else's dumb idea? Because let's be honest, if we go on social media, there's a lot of people that have ideas for what you should be doing or should be thinking or anything to do with the word should. Right? So is it someone else's idea? Is it society's idea? Ooh, here's a good one. Is it patriarchy's idea? (laughs) I'm going to leave you with that one. Okay. Are there a lot of obstacles between now and achieving that goal? Really think about it. If you were to map it out, what would that goal even look like? What would the steps be? Right. And if it, and, and if you're going to answer, like if it's in terms of like weight loss or something like that, you'd be like, well, I start my diet on Monday and I'm not going to eat any, um, I'm not going to eat any sugar or have any coffee or have any carbs. And I'm going to just not eat any of that until I reach my goal weight. Well, let me tell you right now is that your brain is going to be like, hell no, you starve me. I want all the food, right? (laughs) Any sort of time we start to restrict ourselves, our brains will have a major temper tantrum and they usually end up winning. Okay. All right. So, Again, it's like when you look at what you want to see in your life, what would you love to be different? Start to look at what you define as, what does that different look like? What is that, what do you want it to be? Okay. What would that look like? What would that sound like? What would your thoughts be about yourself? That's a really important one. What would you be thinking differently if you were to achieve this goal? Right? So I'll kind of go back to my example here. Um... About a year ago when I started this business, it was, um, 
it was an impossible goal. And I was like, what would be different? Oh, I'd have more free time. <laughs> I'd have more free time. I say that with a laugh because let's be honest, when you're a, a business owner and you have like six to seven people working under you, <laughs> you end up working more. <laughs> it's not a 10 hour a week work week, right? Um, so I thought initially, oh, I'd be thinking about my, you know, I'd have more time. I'd be feeling very calm. I'd be feeling very peaceful and I'd be feeling really good about the work I was doing. So really only one of those things right now is true a year later. I do feel really good about what we're doing, but there are times when I don't feel a lot of peace and there are times where I do feel a lot of stress and those all have to do with my thoughts. Okay, so those are turning into my goals now. Alrighty, and then the third question, what is one small thing that you can do today to work towards that hope that you have? So this is again where we talked about breaking that, those, those things down, right? Look at what your goal is and maybe map it out, break it down. What are the small steps? Um, again, I'm going to refer you back to this, to the book Burnout because I really like how they set it out, right? They ask a couple questions here, right? How will you know you've succeeded? Right? How do you know your endpoint? Your goal should be achievable without requiring a lot of patience. That'll tell you what your next step is. Okay? As in, don't set a goal for 10 years from now. <laughs> right? That could be an ambition. That's something that you hope for. But a goal is like, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do this week? Don't make it too, too far away. Because let's be honest, I have an ADHD brain. And um, that doesn't really comprehend any sort of thing past the end of today or this week. <laughs> it definitely doesn't comprehend a year or 10 years from now because we have an, an ADHD brain has something called time blindness, which is really where they we, we conceive time to be in a very different scenario than it is, right? Five minutes could feel like nothing and five minutes could feel like forever. It's very strange. I don't, it's, it's hard to describe. Um, I think I wrote, I wrote a, um, an article on it um, that you can refer to to explore that a little bit more. All right. And then asking yourself about certainty. How confident are you that you can, can succeed at this? Because the goal should be within your control. Okay. We can't control other people. We can't control sometimes the state of the world, we can do what we can to change those things. And we should if we what, with what we have in our capacity and our abilities to do so in a kind and loving and respectful way. But the goals that we have should always be within the realm of what we can control. And what can you control? Yourself, your thoughts, your habits, your actions, you. And then think about it. Think about this one. What improvement will you experience when you win? Hey, what what would happen? Should be something that feels good, not just something that avoids suffering. I love that they said that. Okay. And then make it measurable. How will you know you succeeded? This is an external indication that you have succeeded, but don't use that alone as the basis of your goal. That's just one aspect of it, right? And then go, go a little bit more specific visualize precisely what success will look like. Really get a good image in your head. What does success look like? And then go deeper, reflect on it. Why does this matter to you? How much does it matter? Tailor your goal so that it matters to you. So this is on pages 52 and 53 of the book Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. I highly recommend this book. It's fabulous. Um, 
But you know, it's, it's really, really important to just break it down. Have your goal, sure, break it down. And then when you start to take action, there's a couple truths here that tend to surprise a lot of people. The biggest one, though, is that you will not likely feel motivated until you start doing it. Action precedes motivation. That's okay. That's normal. It's also something that often stops us from doing something because we feel like we should wait for motivation. But um, let me tell you something a little bit about motivation. Motivation is kind of like um, who we, someone who we would consider a friend who just flies into your life unexpected and calls you up and says, hey, I'm in town. Let's go for drinks. Let's go for dinner. Let's go hang out. And you're like, okay, yeah, great. That sounds wonderful. You get together and she's like, you know what? Let's, uh, let's go shopping tomorrow. Let's go out to the mountains. Let's just go do something too. And you're like, I haven't seen you in forever. I think that sounds great. And then you go do that. And the next day she's like, you know what? Let's go, let's go have a spa day. This has been so nice. I really enjoyed this. And then you go do that. And then Monday comes around and she ghosts you. She's back to doing whatever it was. And you're like, okay, (laughs) that's motivation, my friends. We can hack it a little bit by talking to ourselves about like, I do better when, and then you do the thing or telling ourselves, I don't feel like going to the gym right now, but I know that when I get there, it will be, it will be better, right? You're not going to feel often a certain loveliness or excitement about doing something a little bit more on the mundane side. And let's be honest, self-care is not always something that we want to do. I'm going to say that again. Self-care is not always something that we want to do. In fact, most often than not, we do not feel the happy-go-lucky feelings before we do self-care. Am I right? When we're on like a, when we are experiencing really consistent change in our life, I think sometimes there we tend to feel a little bit better about doing some of those things. But ultimately, sometimes I like to equate my own self-care with like doing the laundry or cleaning the bathroom. I don't always want to do it because I'm tired and I want to go to bed. But I do know that I do better when I sit down and read, when I sit down and do my journaling, when I do a progressive muscle relaxation, and when I do my breathing before I go to bed. Doesn't mean I want to do those things, but it means I do them in order to have the benefits of them. Okay, so that's all I have for you today, my friends. If you're feeling any pain, where do you feel it? What does it feel like? What thoughts are you having that are causing pain? And externalize those thoughts. The thoughts are telling me this. Then what would you love to see different in your life? And be specific. What would that actually look like? Are you setting yourself up for a realistic goal? Or something a little bit more frustrating and impossible. Break it down. See what you're actually asking yourself to do. And number three. What is one small thing that you can do today to work towards that hope? I'm going for an acupuncture appointment. But before then, I had my um, blood lab appointment that I have to do to maintain my health. And then I got a coffee and then I sat in the truck and listened to some newsy Broadway musicals. And then I breathed. And then you guys kept coming to my mind. So now I'm talking to you. 
Okay, my small steps today are taking care of my body, taking care of my soul, taking care of my mind, and all through doing really, really small, attainable, measurable things. Okay, what's, what's yours? What's one small thing that you can do for yourself today? And if it's just being less of an asshole to yourself, start there, because that makes a world of difference too. Okay, everyone, I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll have Cherry wind you, say goodbye to you as, as we end today after, after this. So, so hang on for a second and I'll tune in with you next time. Bye. Oh, hey, it's Cherry from Bloom Narratives checking in again. Let me just start by saying thank you again for tuning in. It means the world to us. I am dropping in to let you know I have left tidbits for you in the episode description. This way you can stay connected with us on social media, check out our website offers, and I even have some freebies for you. So go check it out. We look forward to connecting with you on social media and for your listenership in a future episode. Now on to our disclaimer. Hello, Bloom community. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm just popping in to give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice and recommendations we discuss do not replace any primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. With the utilization of this podcast, there is no therapist-to-patient or nurse-to-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. Please take this information and share it with your healthcare provider if you wish, and have a discussion to make the best choice for your health. Remember, this content is for educational purposes only.